0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, I am tired. I have been going nonstop ever since I got to Maryland. This was supposed to be the chill part of the trip before I turn up again. I'm looking forward to New York and Las Vegas so I can get some damn rest. When I say nonstop, I got in on Saturday morning. My father's 80th birthday party was Saturday night. On Sunday, there was a brunch party for an 80-year-old and then a dinner party for a 100-year-old. On Monday night, we had another cookout at the house with family who had come in for the party. Like, y'all, I am exhausted. Oh, my God. These retired people, their social schedule, I cannot keep up. I'm just, oh, my gosh. But I am recording this Tuesday night. I know this podcast is supposed to go up on Tuesday morning. Clearly that didn't happen. I had made plans when I was in Mexico. I reached out to my friend Chino and I say friend very loosely. I hadn't met him until today. But Chino is better known as the blue bearded foodie. He runs a blog about food. He also happens to have, usually, not currently, a blue beard. Today his beard was various shades of pastels. There was some pink, there was some green, there was some purple. Go with it. But he covers the food scene in Baltimore, maybe like a year ago or longer. I was coming to Maryland to visit my parents, and I wanted to go to Baltimore to eat because Baltimore has an amazing food scene. So I was searching around on Instagram and I came across his page, and that man knows good food, especially if you want like a good blue crab situation. That's what Maryland's known for. His Instagram is at the Baltimore Foodie if you want to check it out. But when I was in Mexico, I reached out to him since I was going to be in Maryland for a few days. And I was like, look, when I first reached out to you, I was like, I would love to eat with you. And I was like, do you think we could make that happen? And he was like, yeah, how's Tuesday? And I was like, yes, which was supposed to be fine because I record the podcast on Monday. It goes up on Tuesday. All should be right with the world. But I was exhausted from partying with my parents I can't believe I just had to say that. I was exhausted all day yesterday from partying with my parents. And then I was like, oh, I'll just tape it tomorrow night. And then we had an impromptu cookout. And me and my whole family are sitting in either the living room or the kitchen watching the Olympics together. And I was like, I love my listeners. I love y'all to death. But I'm not missing out on this family moment to go sit in my bedroom and record my podcast. I'm sorry, but I'm not. I just had this really great conversation with Bevy the other day. Bevy Smith. If you haven't picked up her book, absolutely please do. I interviewed her on the podcast. She's amazing. If you didn't hear that interview, go back and listen. She dropped like gem after gem after gem. I was um, actually texting. I didn't talk to her. I was texting with Bevy the other day and she was talking about she used to have a habit of missing family moments because she had to work. And it reiterated something that my friend had said to me. If you are following along on the post I'm doing on Instagram and Facebook about this whole Odyssey trip, hashtag the Odyssey or just go to my page because there's actually a lot of stuff about the Odyssey that has nothing to do with the trip, you know, given the classic book and all. But when I was trying to get to D.C., I wasn't able to board my first plane. And I was put on standby for a flight that was going out four hours later. And I did a write up because I post about the Odyssey almost every day. One of my friends, he hit me up to ask if everything was okay, And I was like, dude, like, you know, it's my father's 80th birthday party. Like, I have to get home. I have to get home. Like, I'm freaking out. I was like, I don't know if I need to pay like a small fortune for a first class ticket on this next flight to guarantee that I make it. There's nine standby seats. I'm in the top nine, but if anything happens and I don't make it, like, I don't know if I should just pay this money to like guarantee I get there. He was like, look, you can make more money, but you can't make more time. And he's a father of twin girls. And he was like, I would be devastated if I had a birthday and my daughters weren't there. And he was like, I wouldn't be mad. Like as a dad of a milestone birthday, I want my daughters there. And I was like, dude, you're not making me feel better. And like, and I'm an only child. I'm like, so if I'm not there, like you have no child there. Like, it. oh, so forgive me for the podcast being late. I'm always going to choose family. And that just is what it is. As much as I'm complaining about being exhausted, I have had an amazing last four days. Like my dad's party was... We asked him maybe like six months ago what he wanted to do for his birthday. And we were going to rent out some fancy hall and have like a big production. And my dad was like, nope, that's not what we're doing. He was like, I want a Mississippi type cookout. I want some fried fish. I want some macaroni and cheese. I want potato salad. He was like, and I want to eat homemade cake. Although there was a store-bought cake and that cake was like phenomenal. It was like marble cake. Oh my God, that cake was so good and moist. I had some for breakfast. It was amazing. That said, there was also all these homemade cakes. I said, um, when I posted about it on Instagram, I was like, yo, this looks like a church anniversary or a church basement. And I was like, yo, the auntie team came through. And then the son of one of the people who had made two of the desserts was like, actually, two of those desserts were made by my father, your neighbor, Bob, yo, Bob, Uncle Bob. Because when you cook like that, you family. Uncle Bob, thank you. You you put your foot in that, Uncle Bob. He made banana pudding and then like a heart-shaped pound cake. But it wasn't just like a regular pound cake. Like, I don't know if it had cinnamon or something. But neighbor Bob, he's retired too. Neighbor Bob is over there, like, cooking like he's in the Lord's Kitchen. Like, neighbor Bob did his thing. Shout out to neighbor Bob. That cake was phenomenal. I only got like a little piece. Folks ate up all the cake and all the food, which is what we wanted. We got the food so people could enjoy it. But we was like, dang, y'all was hungry. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a very, very good thing. But all the food is gone now. My father doesn't do leftovers. And it wasn't that much left. Like after the cookout last night, we ate some of the party food. And my dad was like, yo, Tuesday, it's done. Leftovers is done. But it wasn't a lot left. We weren't being wasteful of food. That was not the point. I was trying to tell y'all about how I went to Baltimore and I hung out with Chino the baltimore foodie this man took me to this restaurant and it's black owned it's called poppy cuisine it just opened not too long ago like within like the last 6 weeks they haven't even had a grand opening yet but but the chef and i met him he's a very nice guy he looked like he was in his early 30s which means he could be anywhere between 30 and 45 because you just can't tell with black people but he came over and introduced himself he was really really nice he makes this one dish I think it's a starter. I don't think it's an entree. Crab cake egg rolls. So picture like a veggie spring roll, but like stuffed. And I mean stuffed. It ain't no like little amount of crab meat where you're like, oh, is there crab in here? No, it's like stuffed with crab meat. It is fabulous. I took one bite and I was like, yo, I would have drove 45 minutes up 95 just for this. Like we ate an entree and then we ate it two more places after that. But I was like, if this was it, if I drove up 95 and this was all I got, it was well worth the drive. It was amazing. You know, I'm a foodie at heart. I just can't eat the way I want to because of the way my metabolism is set up. And I'd be working out too hard to like not see results. So I can't just like, you know, go crazy. Even today, I didn't go crazy. And I'm a good daughter. I didn't eat all of the crab cake egg rolls. I brought one home from my mother. Because I was like, if she tastes this, she's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm driving up 95 to get it. And next time I come home, it might be waiting for me. Mom, if you're listening, hint, hint. But no, it was so good. We had a really dope day. Like, I was really, really glad I went up to Baltimore. And then I got a chance to hang out with my friend Kalila. She runs Mess in the Bottle. I went and met her at her shop. When I first met Kalila, she had this teeny tiny shop in Baltimore. And I was so impressed with it because I was like, oh my God, she has her own storefront. And that's amazing. And that was probably like in 2017. But to watch her growth over the last four years. And like when I go in her shop now and she's got like, I remember when it was maybe one or two. I don't know what the proper word is, but the thing that presses the logos, for lack of a better word, onto the t-shirts, she only had two, maybe even just one at the time. But like now to like walk in her shop and like see her factory and see her like gigantic storefront, the space that she has just for her staff to unwind um, and take their breaks is probably bigger than the whole storefront that she had when I first met her. And again, that was just four years ago. Like I'm so proud of her. She's one of my favorite people. And I can say this because she put it on Instagram. She recently bought a house. So I went to see the house. It's lovely. I'm so, so, so proud of her. She's a really good, good, good person. Oh, as you might have figured out, because I mentioned it earlier, people keep saying like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad. The Odyssey is coming to a close. The dear mom letters are no more. Like this is the end. Like this was so good, which thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for reading. I really, really appreciate it. Um, the Odyssey is not over. When I said I was going on an odyssey, I meant like a whole odyssey. Like so far, I've done Miami, Mexico, Atlanta, D.C. There's two more cities, at least. And even when I get back to L.A., I'm not sure the odyssey is over. Because I thought I had to be back because I'm getting my braces off. But then they scheduled my appointment for September. And I was like, oh, technically, I could keep the party going technically. I also have like a major work assignment that I'm supposed to be working on right now, which I am getting done in case my lawyer is listening. Hi. Hi. I'll meet the deadline. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna meet the deadline. I promise. I can't get the podcast in on time, but I will meet the deadline. Don't fret. It's all good. It's all good. Speaking of good, we have good black news this week. We don't have a guest this week, just FYI which some of you actually prefer. Like a couple people have been like, so do you have to have guests on every episode? <laughs> I'm like, y'all is so damn rude. I like the guests. I only interview people that I really like. Speaking of one of those interviews, remember Cody, Cody Elaine Oliver from Black Love? She came on to talk about Black Love. We only talked about Black Love and all of its extensions, like the app and the website and, and the conference. She didn't mention That she was also the producer, and actually, she didn't mention it online. I follow her husband too, and Tommy mentioned it. Thanks, Tommy. But our Cody did not mention that she and husband Tommy were the producers of The Perfect Find by Tia Williams. Remember, Tia? I talked about her book, Seven Days in June, and how freaking amazing it was. And so many of you bought that book because y'all would buy the book. Take a picture of the book and then DM me pictures of the book and then your review of the book, which across the board, everyone was like, oh my God, I was trying to savor it. I read it in one day because I had to know what happened next. Like it was so, so good, but small world. So Cody and Tommy, husband and wife are the producers of The Perfect Fine by friend of the show, Tia Williams. And it all came together because Cody read the book, went to Tommy and was like, yeah, so this is going to be our next project. I'm in love with it. We're going to make it happen. Let's do this. So they did that it's starring Gabrielle Union, Keith Powers. Keith Powers is the guy who played Ralph Tresvent in the new edition story. That's Keith Powers. Lala is in it. Aisha Hines. I met her years ago at a Black women in Hollywood brunch. I was walking around the room and she came up to me and was like, I never waste my pretty. And I was like, yes, she's had many, many roles, but My favorite role of hers is she played Harriet Tubman on Underground, which, you know, I think Underground is one of the best shows ever. But I also think that might have been the best episode ever. Like, ma'am sat and did a monologue for a whole hour. And I was like, this is one of the best and most important hours of television that I've seen in a very long time. If you've never seen it, it's worth going on Amazon or Apple or wherever you can watch Underground. I think it's a season two episode, but it's one of the best episodes of television like ever. And I'm not exaggerating. It's worth going to find and watch. Aisha Hines is amazing. And she also is in The Perfect Find. Duval Ellis, he's in it. I don't think I said congratulations to he and his wife. I saw that there was a pregnancy announcement. I'm hoping for a healthy baby. I know everyone wants them to have a girl because they have three boys, but I hope they have a healthy baby. A girl would be nice, but a healthy baby is the best. Gina Torres, she's in it. You can tell I'm like super excited about this movie. I cannot wait to watch. It's coming on Netflix, but I don't see a date. I'm on Tommy's Instagram right now. I'm like, where's the date, bro? But they just finished shooting. So they're in post now. So I don't know how long that's going to be, but I want to see it. Netflix, if if you're listening, if I can get a screening, if y'all can just send one over my way, that would be most appreciated. Thank you kindly thank you in advance I hope what else is in good black news speaking of perfect finds Issa Rae our Issa Rae I feel like we watched Issa grow up even though Issa was whole grown when we met her it's awkward black girl Issa Rae and her husband announced their marriage they got married in was it Nice France yeah I was scrolling on Instagram yesterday morning and I saw the pictures and I knew it wasn't something for the show, but I saw the pictures. I just gasped and then I started tearing up and I was like, oh my God, I am really invested in Issa Rae's life. Like I know her. I don't know her, know her, but I know her. And since Awkward Black Girl, like back in the day, like I reached out to her once and she was like, yeah, I used to read A Bell in Brooklyn. I was like, really? Did everybody read A Bell in Brooklyn? The blog and the book still. I saw her wedding pictures and I legit got choked up. Like, oh my God, she looks so beautiful. She looks so beautiful. I'm so, so happy for her. And also, I love, (laughs) we ain't never seen this man before. (laughs) Not never once, not ever once. Not even like the back of his head. (laughs) She just popped up on Instagram like, meet my husband. (laughs) We ain't get no buildup, no nothing. I think I read, was it the Rolling Stone cover? She was on two major covers at the same time. It was either Rolling Stone or Vanity Fair. And the writer mentioned, I want to say she was in her backyard at the pool and the fiance came in. I don't think they gave the fiance a name in the article. They just said he was a businessman and they'd been in a long-term relationship. And then the writer went on a walk with Issa and, like, he walked with them, but, like, on the other side of the street or something. And I was like, okay, sir. Sir is like, I'm not about this life. This is your life. I'm just here for you. <laughs> do what you do. You enjoy your fans. But they're a really cute couple. And, and she looks so damn happy. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous photos. Ugh. I'm so happy for her. Congratulations, Issa. And somebody's husband, as she referred to him in her Instagram post. Your husband. Go on and claim that. I don't know if we ever going to see that man again. Not on her Instagram. Maybe if or when there's a baby announcement. I have no idea if she wants children. Maybe if there's a baby, we might see him again. I don't think we're going to see him on a regular basis. Some folks just don't post their spouses, which I totally get why. My ex-husband, I didn't post him until we were on a TV show together. I used to post the back of his head. In retrospect, that might have been a sign. I'm not saying that's a sign for Issa. I'm saying that's a sign for me. I also didn't post any other boyfriends. But I actually didn't have another boyfriend when I had Instagram. Huh. Next topic. Derek Fisher and Gloria Gavon, they got married. I'm happy for them. Congratulations to the happy couple. They've been together for a minute. Oh, you think it too. The first thing I thought about when I saw the announcement of their marriage was Matt Barnes driving 95 down the damn highway to fight Derek Fisher. That's the first thing I thought about. And it's so terrible. The couple didn't do it. Matt Barnes did it. But it's just, it's the first thing that stands out in my mind. And then all the jokes that Kwame Brown made about Matt Barnes. I'm just telling you what pops up in my head. It popped up in your head too. Don't act like it's just me out here being wild in thoughts. It ain't. In other good black news, LeVar Burton, reading Rainbow LeVar Burton, He starts his hosting job at Jeopardy this week. I think it started yesterday, didn't it? I didn't watch it because, you know, I was watching the Olympics with the family. This is a really bad time for LeVar Burton to start because I feel like everyone's watching the Olympics. And I want him to be successful with this because I want him to be the permanent host. Like, who better than LeVar Burton? I guess I need to DVR it. That'll count towards watching it, right? I love LeVar Burton. And we talked about this last time. LeVar Burton is looking like something. He's a happily married man. I'm just making an observation. I'm not trying to poach a husband. That's not my life. I'm just saying he's a nice looking man, period. Well into his 60s. LaVar Burton is old enough to be my dad. I told y'all I got mistaken for my dad's wife the other day. I wrote about it on social media. I'm not going to recap the story in full. I went to the brunch for the 80 year old. I went with my dad because my mom was like, I'm exhausted. So my mom was like, I'm exhausted and I need you to go to this party with your dad in my place so I can rest up for the party for the hundred year old. I mean, 80 is very, very important. She's like a long term friend of the family. She's probably known my parents since before I was born. But the hundred year old, you know, I'm not saying it, but for obvious reasons, if there's a birthday party for a hundred year old, you go. So I go to this brunch with my dad, real fancy DC hotel. So long story short, there's a mix up with the food. My dad and I got there late. So we should get our food after everyone else who already ordered. This is the right way to do things. So the waiter comes with me and my dad's food and my dad is across the room speaking to someone and he puts my dad's plate down in front of me. It's chicken and waffles. And so someone at the table says, oh, so-and-so should get the chicken and waffles first because you know, she ordered before you guys. And I was like, of course, of course. So I'm trying to hand the plate and mind you, like I've only touched the plate. I have not breathed on this food. I'm trying to hand the plate across the table to the woman. And she's like, no, no, you can keep it. Give it to your husband. Mahu? I was like, you mean my dad? I said it in my most obnoxious teenage voice. I've posted pictures of my dad before. And every time I post one, People are like, yo, you look exactly like your father. You're your father's twin. You and your father have the exact same face. Your daddy gave you his whole head. Like, I look identical to my father. Like, it's so bad that I can even see it, right? Like, I know I look like my dad. When I cut my hair, like, really, really short once, my dad was like, you need to grow some more hair. Like, that length of hair doesn't work for our face. You need a little bit more to make everything pop. And I was like, really, dad? Really? And he was like, I mean, I got the same face. I know through trial and error. I'm just trying to help you. Thanks, dad. That said, you see two people walk into a room that look identical, except for like, you know, male, female, 40 year age gap. And your first thought is, huh, must be husband and wife, not hmm, father and daughter. I was like, absolutely disgusted. That's the first time that's happened to me. And I was like, oh my God, that's gross. I was deeply offended. And I came home all outraged to my mom. And I was like, oh my God, this thing happened. I'm not standing in for you ever again. And she was like, calm down. Take the compliment. She thought she were a trophy wife. Okay. <sighs> was there a point to that? I would be LeVar Burton's trophy wife, though. I'm saying like in a hypothetical world, if I met a man who wasn't LeVar Burton, who looked like LeVar Burton, then I would gladly be LeVar Burton's doppelganger's trophy wife. But not LeVar Burton because LeVar Burton is happily married. Can you tell I drank today? Not a lot. And it was a while ago. But as I'm talking to y'all, I'm like, yo, I'm saying crazy shit. It happened. What else is going on in good black news? Maria Taylor from ESPN, or better, Maria Taylor from NBC Sports. That whole thing with Maria Taylor, remember um there was audio that leaked of Maria Taylor's colleague, this white chick. I can't remember her name. I just didn't commit her name to memory. She was dragging Maria Taylor. Because Maria Taylor got a prime assignment that this white girl had already had. And she was like, I'm all for diversity and whatnot, but don't take what's mine and give it to her basically because she's black. You know, it couldn't possibly be because Maria Taylor's better. It must be because Maria Taylor's black. So ESPN was in very hot water because of that. And Maria Taylor was in negotiations for another contract with ESPN. The one she had was expiring. So a lot of people thought that someone from team Maria Taylor must have leaked that audio to put ESPN in an uncomfortable position, especially since this incident happened in house at ESPN about a year ago. And it just came to light now because someone sent the audio to the New York Times, which I was like, yeah, that's a probably fair conclusion. Somebody in that camp, if not Maria Taylor herself, probably leaked that. Obviously, contract negotiations didn't go so well. Or maybe ESPN offered her what she wanted and she pulled a page from Nicole Hannah-Jones and was like, why am I trying to stay at a place that doesn't support me in the way that I want to be supported? This white girl did this and she ain't got no reprimand. She still has her job. It's all business as usual. Or maybe she already knew she was leaving and that was like her fuck you on the way out. I don't know. I do know that Maria Taylor said goodbye to ESPN on Friday and popped up in Tokyo on NBC talking about, I'm honored to be here for this momentous occasion. She looked good too. She had on her Gail King yellow. You know how much Gail King loves yellow, but she had on her Gail King yellow. She looked fabulous and happy. So good for her. I hope NBC treats her and pays her in the manner that best serves her. Congratulations to Maria Taylor. We got to talk about Simone Biles. Simone Biles pulled out of the Olympics earlier today, citing mental health and knowing that the comparisons were going to come to Naomi Osaka. She was like, yes, Naomi Osaka coming forward about her struggles with mental health was absolutely inspiring to me. Thank you, Naomi. I'm reading this in the New York Post because I haven't been following along because I've been, you know, outliving. So I haven't been following the news as closely as I usually do. But the post said that um, on Monday, Biles seemed to be hinting at a struggle. She opened up on Instagram saying, quote, I truly do feel like I have the weight of the world upon my shoulders at times. She continued, quote, I know I brush it off and make it seem like pressure doesn't affect me, but sometimes it's hard. The Olympics is no joke. And then there was a press conference on Tuesday where she said, quote, whenever you get in a high stress situation, you kind of freak out. I have to focus on my mental health and not jeopardize my health and well-being. We have to protect our body and our mind. It just sucks when you're fighting with your own head. Earlier today, Tuesday, she formally withdrew from the team competition. She said, quote, there's more to life than just gymnastics. It's very unfortunate that it happened at this stage because I definitely wanted it to go a little bit better. I will take it one day at a time and we're going to see how the rest goes. USA Gymnastics tried to cover up the situation. They, they released a statement saying that she had withdrawn due to an unspecified, quote, medical issue and would be assessed daily to determine medical clearance for future competitions. Biles cleared that up and she said the only injury was, quote, just a little to my pride. Physically, I feel good. I'm in shape. Emotionally, that kind of varies on the time and the moment. I say good for her. I mean, she has like four Olympic gold medals. Yeah. And she refers to herself as the greatest of all time. And no one can really argue with her because she is. And in the last couple months, there's been a lot of conversation around her because she keeps doing more and more difficult. I don't know what's the word maneuvers, but she keeps doing more and more difficult flips and your performance is judged partially by the level of difficulty of your routine She's been doing more and more difficult things. And there was something about the judges not giving her the appropriate number of points for the difficulty level because they were like, well, you know, if we reward her for doing this difficult thing that no one else can do, like literally no one else has done some of the stuff that she's been doing. But if we reward her, then other people will try it, which I was like, yo, tell and, and not to say I was like, yo, tell these people to step their game up. Like, I understand, like, at an Olympic level, I mean, you're all doing shit I will never be able to do. I'm not trashing anyone. But if someone's, like, the best at what they do, let them be best and, like, award them. This young woman is out here being the greatest ever, and they're not even acknowledging it. Like, she's giving her heart and soul, learning new shit, because she can do everything. So why shouldn't she? And they're not giving her her just due. So what is she doing it for? This woman DM'd me, and she was like, yo, is there a trend with black women who have just stopped giving a fuck But I was like perhaps but she's like but she was like you know there was Naomi who was like I'm done like I'm not doing these press conferences oh you want to find me that's fine I have the money oh you want to escalate this situation great you have your situation I'm not just pulling out of the French open I'm pulling out of the thing leading up to Wimbledon I'm pulling out of MF Wimbledon how about that you done now okay And I heard they're not requiring press conferences for the Olympics. Thanks, Naomi. And then there was Hannah Nicole Jones, which I think people associated with a bigger F you. Because they were like, yo, all this hullabaloo over you not getting tenure. And then they gave you tenure. And she was like, yeah, I don't want it. And then wrote a long open statement and was like, and here's why I don't want it. I'm tired of fighting folks to get shit that they should be clamoring to give me. Keep y'all shit. What's the Nina Simone line? You got to learn when to get up from the table when love is no longer being served. And then Simone Biles. You know what? I'm good. They're like, oh no, she has a physical injury. Nope, I'm not injured. I'm just out. Peace. I'm going to take it one day at a time. (laughs) I keep seeing people being like, oh, she should have pushed through. And like black people too. And I'm like, push through for what? Why? She been pushing through. And she ain't appreciated. So push through for what? I also feel like people don't really, and and not even feel like, I know for a fact, people don't take mental health seriously because if somebody had like a broken arm, you'd be like, oh my God, your arm is broken. Like sit the fuck down. Stop, stop. And while I'm saying this, I also want to be clear. Simone Biles has competed before with a broken toe, like, which is really, you know, an important thing when you're like flipping on a vault or like, you know, tumbling across a mat. But she's done that before. Do you want her to do it again? For what? She got four gold medals. She good. If she never does another professional flip, she's good. She's still the GOAT. Keep going for what? So y'all can do her like y'all do Serena, who gave y'all 20 years of excellence? She's not at the top of her game anymore. And y'all come for that woman's throat constantly. Y'all want Simone to go through that too? In the voice of one of my favorite humans, the Lori Harvey. Why? Why? I put Simone in good black news because I think a black woman choosing her mental health over everyone else's expectations and having the ability and the funding to walk. I appreciate that part of it too. God and my bank account got me. i be all right. It's a good feeling. I'm happy for her. I hope she does take it one day at a time. I hope we see her when she wants to be seen and not a moment before. I just logged on to Instagram and Charlemagne just posted this meme. It's a picture of Simone Biles and the caption says, If Simone Biles can put her mental health first with the entire world watching, so can you. You know what? That's it, y'all. We're not going to do no bad news this week. I know about the baby and that dumb shit he said. I don't think I have a take that's any different from all the many takes that are happening on the internet right now. I think a collective what the fuck pretty much sums it up. I also say this. One of the reasons that you don't hear me really talking about like gay men and their sex lives is because I don't really be thinking about gay men and their sex lives. I mean, other than when I watch like a little Nas X video, but just in my default living, I'm not really thinking about gay men and their sex lives. Like I want gay men to have great sex. I want them to have enthusiastic consent and safe sex and all of those good things. Those are also things that I wish for everyone who's fucking. That said. I'm not a zero on the Kinsley scale. I told you that Rihanna and Amber Rose like kind of throw me haywire. I'm like a 0.5, like maybe a one. That said, when I think about sex, it's, it's heterosexual sex. There will never be any reason that I would get on a stage like to perform, to talk about even relationships, because that's one of the things that I talk about. But there will never be a moment where I get on a stage and I just randomly start talking about gay sex. About men giving head in parking lots to other men. You know why? Because it's not some shit I think about. And one of the reasons I don't think about it, because I'm not gay. I'm really confused about like heterosexual men who spend their downtime or even their stage time thinking about what gay men are doing. If you are not fucking a man, why are you thinking about men fucking? It's always confused me. If you're a heterosexual man and you're constantly thinking about men fucking each other, are you really heterosexual? Questions, questions, questions. But I don't think that's a profound take. I think that's the obvious take that most people are asking. Like, where did this rant come from? Why? Why? Words to Lori Harvey. Oh, and then T.I. T.I. of all people. I'm like, sir, isn't there a current and present investigation going on into allegations of you and your wife sexually assaulting a bunch of women you don't think that this might not have been an issue that you needed to speak on like this was the baby's mess I don't know why you didn't just let him sit in his mess like why you felt the need to jump on open Instagram and be like oh well little Nas X does it really And, and it didn't even make sense People do this all the time. Felicia Rashad, she did it. I'm like, if you want to support somebody in their foolishness and their bullshit, like if it's so important to you that you support somebody in their foolishness and bullshit because you love them and you care about them so much, I know goddamn well you got their text. Text that mofo. Pick up the phone and call. I'm so glad you're free, Bill. It warms my heart to see your raping ass on the street again. I don't understand why you couldn't just call or text that. Why you needed to say it on open social media. T.I. feels very strongly about the baby, it seems. He sees his friend in distress. Sir, text your friend. Text or call your friend. FaceTime. FaceTime your friend. WhatsApp. WhatsApp your friend. If you want to support foolishness and fuckery, you can do it in private. You ain't got to do it in public. You ain't got to make all your pronouncements public. It's still a pronouncement if you do it in private. It's still a pronouncement if you don't put it on the goddamn internet. Just saying, just saying. That's the episode for this week. We'll get into some more maybe later this week. I asked my dad if he wanted to come on the podcast to talk about 80 years of living. I think it would be a good episode. He told me yes. And I asked him what he wanted to talk about. He said, I want to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And I was like, well, I want to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And he was like, we ain't getting nowhere with this conversation right now. Oh, my God. I love my dad. He's out of his mind. I was like, oh, my God. That's where I get it from. I could tell y'all family stories all day. This whole family is nuts. I'll never do reality TV again. But, oh, my God. If we could do it with my family. Classic TV. Classic. Okay, y'all. I'm about to edit this podcast. And then I'm going to bed. Another part of the Odyssey begins soon. And at some point, I got to get some rest because I know New York is about to be crazy. I've already lined up dinners for every day I'm there. I'm still available for lunches, maybe a breakfast. I don't know how early I'm getting up. Thank you, as always, for listening to Ratchet and Respectable. And I apologize again for the lateness of the podcast. I can't promise you it's going to be any earlier next week. Just FYI, I'm going to keep it 100. Y'all might have to wait till the Odyssey is over to get predictable episodes. I'm doing the best I can, y'all. I promise. I'm about to edit this and take my ass to bed. Okay. Talk soon. Bye.